Hi, everyone. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to take a moment to address the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical abortions shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortions.com. That's the number four. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.Cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, Choice.CRD.CO has a collection of these resources and more. I encourage you to speak up. Take care and spread the word. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. to another episode of The Reality Is. As always, it's Noor. How is everybody? I hope you're doing well. Um, today's episode, I'm covering The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, episode six and seven. As I mentioned previously, I was international. I just went to Canada. <laughs> I didn't even fly, guys. I drove. Okay. The airports apparently are bananas. So I drove and I was in Canada and I couldn't watch last week's episode. So I watched six and seven today because uh, it was a finale, finale of uh, this this uh, cuckoo banuno girls trip <laughs> getaway that we've been on at Dorinda Medley's house. So um, we'll talk about episode six and seven. And uh, and then I will be covering Real Houses of Beverly Hills from last week and Dubai from last week and this week for the Saturday episode. Um, so yeah, let's let's get into Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip finale episode.
Um, so we open up on Dorinda Abbey, the Bluestone Manor, on episode six. The ladies are waking up, birds are chirping. Jill sends Dorinda a text saying, So glad we cleared the air. And for some reason, we are getting a confessional from Marco. Like, reasons unknown, there is a confessional. And we get even more time with him in the next episode. I don't get it. He's now in this episode somehow the narrator. He's telling us things have been crazy. Relationships and friendships have been tested and shifted. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? Do I have to care about you now, Marco? I don't care about you. Who are you? Get out of here. Who let this man into the confessional? You do not get to be the Greek chorus here, okay? We don't need a Greek chorus here. Marco, we know what's going on, okay? We don't need a tutorial about these women and what they're doing, okay? If we wanted a deep dive on what was happening in each episode, we would listen to podcasts, okay? Which is what we do, (laughs) or we create podcasts. But we do not need you in here, Marco. That being said, if anybody knows Marco and wants him to come on to this podcast, (laughs) the door is always open, Um, except for when he's on camera and talking, then I don't care. Anyway... Everybody's waking up. They're, you know, they're doing their morning routines. Dorinda goes to talk to Eva. They're having their morning coffee and morning smokes. And Dorinda's like, I'm just really, you know, I don't really get hungover, but I it it's just today I'm definitely hungover. I just can't shake it. I'm like, you don't get hungover, Dorinda. So that's just you getting angry all the time because it's just you. Like, you should admit that you do get hungover because if you did, then we would at least have an excuse for why you behave the way you do. But this delusion is something else. But anyway, they're glad that Dorinda and Jill have resolved things. But at this point, she still hasn't resolved stuff from Brandy. And she's going to wait to do that until her head is clear. Um, Jill is being given the itinerary by Marco. And we find out that it's going to be wine o'clock at a winery and Christmas in September. Um, Brandy wakes up and she wants to have it out with Dorinda. And Here's the thing I love about the show. I was watching this episode and I was like, what happened last week? And now granted, it's been over a week. It's been two weeks since I watched any Ultimate Girls Trip. So I was a little bit behind anyway. But what I love about it is that things happen every episode and then the the episode just ends. It just ends. The fight happens and it just ends. And then they're like, whatever, we'll catch up with them next time. We don't get a next time on Ultimate Girls Trip. We don't get a preview We don't get any of that, okay? We don't get a to-be-continued. The next episode always starts with the next day, and we just deal with the things as brand new, as like a a brand new episode. It's like a sitcom, you know? It's like a sitcom that wraps up one topic, and then the next week, it's a brand new topic. And I just kind of love it. I mean, it's not brand new, but, you know, we don't get that, like, continuation that Bravo loves to do. And I just love that we're not... We don't get the to be continued. We don't get carryover from the last fight. It just is a brand new day. It's seven days that these women are there or eight days or whatever. And every episode is a day of things happening. You know, I kind of love that. I love that format. What I love is also that we jump into the awkwardness of waking up the day after you've had a drunken fight with your girlfriends. I just love that. (laughs) I love that we wake up on that awkwardness, even in the first season that happened, right? We're like, Ramona did crazy shit. 
So Kyle pissed her pants, whatever. And the next morning, they're all just, you know, meeting at the breakfast buffet and talking about their hangovers and like how crazy everybody is. I kind of love it. Um, while Brandy finds breakfast and coffee, Jill and Dorinda are bonding and Dorinda is saying how she's kind of an introvert and she's not social. And again, I'm not sure what world Dorinda lives in because, okay, I take that back. Is it possible to be a social person who also presents themselves as an extrovert? Sure. I think I am like that. I am definitely a social person. I am an extrovert. I'm very friendly. I'll talk to anybody. But deep down inside, I'm kind of screaming. And so I understand that perspective. And I don't think that that's something that I knew about myself until much later in my life. But Dorinda saying that she is not social, I guess I can believe it. But it's like, if you're not social and you don't, want to be out seeing people and talking to people, then you wouldn't be doing all this shit on the internet and you wouldn't be trying to be on a reality TV show. But I guess the conundrum there is how do you maintain your relevance that you think is necessary for your life goals while also, how do I say this? While also, um, saying that you don't want to see people. You have to see people if you want to maintain any type of relevance in the world, right? So anyway, anyway, it's not that important, but Jill and Dorinda are bonding because they've squashed their shit. Tamara, Vicky, Taylor, and Brandy are talking about this car ride home that happened the night before at the Red Lion Inn, where apparently Vicky was on her phone and she was wishing Steve Lodge's daughter a happy birthday but Dorinda is doing that slurry slappy Dorinda thing. She was schmammered and she's going on and on about how Vicky shouldn't do that and Vicky should care about herself and fuck this and blah, blah, blah. And basically they say what we all say about Dorinda, which is that she gets drunk, she gets out of control, and then the next day she pretends like nothing happens. This is so triggering because Dorinda is in ex- this exact person that I knew in my life for a little while. I mentioned it on the episode I did with Tom Hamlet where I became very good friends with this person from, unfortunately, the keto community. <laughs> I didn't eat carbs for three years, guys. Like, no carbs, no sugar. I still avoid sugar, but I can't believe ever was ever that person. But I digress. I became really good friends with this person on the internet and they become a very good friend of mine and they were really, really nice and everything. And Dorinda so much reminds me of her because the shit that went started to go sour is where we all did a couple of trips and where she visited me or like she had visited me a couple of times and anytime drinking was involved, this person became belligerent. And you know that glazed look that Dorinda has in her face? That... That look is almost identical to this person that I used to be friends with. And they would also do this thing where they would do like act crazy and then the next day act like everything was fine. And that is a level of uh, crazy that I cannot get on board with. But anyway, um, they're all having breakfast and everybody's kind of on eggshells because they're all kind of like, Dorinda tends to lose her shit. Like she's kind of scary. Um, But Dorinda comes over while everyone's eating breakfast and immediately apologizes to Brandy. And I have to say that this was a pretty genuine apology to Brandy. Like, I definitely believed it. Um, And Dorinda starts to tell us in the confessional over tears that she's trying hard, but she's disgusted by her own behavior. 
And here's the thing about Dorinda. I feel like Dorinda gets to this part of her awareness. And then once the tears come, she just gives up after the tears. Like it's almost sometimes feels like to me, like she's done some of the work, some of the work, but as soon as the work starts to get a little bit hard or a little uncomfortable, she's like, I'm not doing it. You know, she gives up. So the fact that she knows that she messed up, she knows that she drank too much. She knows that she's, she acted a fool she knows that her behavior was bad and she's getting upset about it. But it's almost like rather than adjusting herself and dealing with her own shame, what Dorinda usually will end up doing is finding another person to get mad at, which is what she does in the next episode, right? But she's having all these tears and I feel like she just gives up at the tears. But that being said, she does apologize to Brandy genuinely. She's like, I said the wrong thing. I shouldn't have talked about your son. I shouldn't, I should have used a different analogy. I'm really, really sorry. I chose really bad words. I'm sorry. And I believe it. And I do think there's an interesting relationship between Brandy and Dorinda. And I'll get to that later. I've mentioned it before, but basically everyone's exhausted Okay, they all want to be better. They don't want to drink. They're done with this. They're all making prayers. Um, And they all kind of want to chill out. But it's also a day where Phaedra has planned a trip to the winery. And she's like, it's okay. I know that we're going to a winery. We can get drunk if we want to. But we can also start anew. And just as everyone is like, yeah, we got to like get over it and stop being mean to each other. And we need to empower each other. Vicky and Dorinda start going at it because Dorinda thinks that Vicky won't shut the fuck up about being a downer about Steve. And Vicky is mad that Dorinda and and honestly, anybody else is giving their opinion. Here's the thing about Vicky. This was true when the Brooks thing happened. This was true with is now true with Steve. Vicky is a person who gives people a lot of unsolicited information about herself Like she gives people too much information. And I think what she's looking for when she gives them information is a particular reaction. And usually that reaction is sympathy. But instead, what ends up happening is people give her their opinion or their advice. And Vicky does not want advice. All she wants is sympathy. That's all she's ever wanted. That's what she wanted with Brooks. And instead what she got was like Megan being like, oh, what kind of cancer was it? How is he feeling? Like she started to try to connect with her in other ways, you know? And that's, that was the downfall for Vicky is a person who asked more questions than she was ready to answer. And then even the thing with Steve, it's like, you're the one that keeps coming in talking about how you were just broken up with. And then when people try to lift you up by bashing the guy, cause that's what girlfriends do. You get mad. Or when people try to give you advice, you get mad. That being said, I mean, nobody needs to deal with Sloppy Dorinda, but they're both a disaster, Vicky and Dorinda. So that's that. Anyway, but at the table, they all agree to disagree about Vicky and Dorinda and whatever else. And uh, Tamara tells us that, you know, uh, even the night before, Dorinda, in a drunken mess, canceled (laughs) Christmas in September. And Dorinda's like, I didn't mean it. I was being a martini scourge. Is that what you're calling yourself? Okay. We'll let it slide. It's your house. Um, 
they're all sort of like chilling out after breakfast before going to the winery. And it's usually Tamara and Vicky and <laughs> Tamara and Vicky, that room, actually, that's I think that's Hannah's room, right? That's the room that like back in the day, in the Roni days, that's the room Bethany and Carol would stay in. That's a that's a popular room. But Vicky and Tamara's room got a lot of attention this episode or this this entire um, season of Ultimate Girls Trip. But they're in bed and Phaedra and Brandy are there. And uh, Vicky is talking. Oh, <laughs> Tamara and Vicky are talking about Dorinda and how she's kind of mean. And Tamara saying, you know, with Botox tears that she's afraid of saying anything because she's afraid of getting yelled at. And if you don't know what Botox tears are, it, it means that the voice has come out to play, but the face and tears are not in it. Okay. Um, then Vicky, she starts to go on and on because, you know, she can't be one-upped about f- crying. So Vicky starts to <laughs> go on and on about dying and we even get a flashback of Vicky. <laughs> Where were they, in Thailand or something? <laughs> When she was in the woods and she was just like, you guys, I think about, <laughs> I think about how we're all going to die one day and it makes me so sad. <laughs> and her like, weird voice and Heather was like, have you, drink- have you been drinking? <laughs> He's like, no, I haven't. I'm just thinking about death and it makes me sad. <laughs> But anyway, Vicky starts crying and she says, she tells everyone, I'm sad. And if I, if I die, tell everyone she died sad. And she's literally, this woman is crying, but everybody is just laughing at her. Cause it's just so hilarious. It's so ridiculous. As Vic, as Vicky is going on and on, everybody else is looking at her. <laughs> but Tamara, who is supposedly her best friend, is like not even looking at her. She's like <laughs> looking kind of at the camera. She's definitely making eye contact with the person behind the camera. Uh, but I just, it, it's so funny. It's like Vicky... You know that Bravo thinks that you're ridiculous because every time you've had like an emotional moment, we've played basically had clown music play over it and everybody's laughed. But anyway, uh, we see a scene where Jill and Taylor are bonding in Taylor's room and they recap what happened the night before with Brandy. And this is the fight that Taylor had where she's randomly brought up Adrian Maloof's surrogacy thing. And um taylor basically says that she knows that she has unresolved issues with brandy and at the same time brandy is telling vicky and tamra that she doesn't know what the fuck happened and she didn't know where taylor was coming from (sighs) guys we'll get into brandy once she and all this shit she does in the next episode but Brandy's an exhausting person. Like, Taylor's weird for bringing up the thing about Adrian Maloof, but Brandy is such an exhausting person. Um, Phaedra and Tamara go on a walk, and, you know, Tamara does, Tammy Sue, she does what she does best, which is producing, okay? She convinces Phaedra to talk to Dorinda. Talk to Dorinda, use your voice of reason, use your sweet, soft, kind words, and talk to Dorinda because, um... Everybody's kind of scared of her. And this all comes up because they talk about relationships and Tamara has to pry a lot of information out about Phaedra. Phaedra says she has a physician boyfriend. Now, the word on the street is the physician boyfriend is Dr. Greg, a.k.a. 
uh, Quad's ex-husband from Married to Medicine. That was the rumor, but I don't know if that's actually true. Um, allegedly, it's him. Um, but they, they, Phaedra's not one to open up a lot about what's going on in her personal life. And uh, we get some more of that later. But they talk about divorce and how divorce makes you angry. And that is where they lead to Phaedra being the person who needs to talk to Dorinda because Dorinda's angry all the time and she doesn't listen to anyone and maybe she's going through something and maybe Phaedra can uh, talk her down. And and I, again, I, I think when Tamara does this, she's masterful. I think it's like the person that Kyle wishes she was, but Kyle is so anxious all the time that it doesn't work as well. But Tamara has always been really, really good at convincing people to do things and Sometimes it's been very problematic, as we remember about Bass Lake. Um, and other times it's uh, it's been kind of hilarious, like this. Um, they all get ready and head to the winery. And uh, it's kind of sweet. Like Phaedra makes this like little announcement in the beginning of the lunch to play nice. They do a little prayer and it's surprisingly emotional. Like Phaedra is crying and you guys, I know that I'm unwell because I also was crying. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what's going on with me? Um, but Phaedra is basically saying to the group that like, you know, the group, this is a group of women uh, that have been on shows where the shows tend to get so negative, but we got to take our moments in our worst. We got to take our strength from our worst moments to figure out how to get better involved. Um, and while they're all having conversations, Vicky brings up a topic of their departures. Now, obviously, Vicky was fed this by producers. So I don't think Vicky wants to. <laughs> I don't think Vicky ever wants to be prompted. Like, I can't imagine Vicky being a person who would be prompted to have a conversation with a group of people about anything. Like, she honestly seemed like she wanted to eat her food, drink her wine, drink her wine, and go take a nap. Like she's literally counting down the hours of when she can go home, but she gets fed this producer question and she says it to the group and she says, let's talk about our departures from the show. And this is where Phaedra fully shuts it down. You know, anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while knows that I am a team twirl. Okay. I love me some Kenny Moore. I really, really do. And I enjoyed Phaedra on her, on the show. Um, when she was on, I really, really did. I think that she's so funny and she just brought something that we had never seen on reality TV before, right? Like that's what made Phaedra iconic. But the shit that went down towards the end of her time on Housewives was really fucked up. And now Phaedra says that she's she doesn't want to talk about it. And then she says in confessional that it was bullshit and that she never got to tell her side of the story and it's not really what happened and blah, blah, blah. But girl, you were just given the opportunity to tell your side of the story and you fully shut it down. Like, what? What the hell was that? And then now, apparently on social media, I saw that she said that it was shown, but then it was discussed, but it was never shown on the show. When was it discussed? You shut it down. I don't understand. How could it have been discussed when you literally shut down the conversation? I don't get it. Um, Dorinda, again, starts talking about being on pause Ugh, and everybody just rolling their eyes. But we get a, we get this great footage of Brandy telling Dorinda 
to get her shit together because she says that the way you're behaving right now is not going to get you off of pause. And ain't that the truth? And Brandy says it. I did the same thing. I started acting crazy. And that is not how you get back on a show. And I think that was probably true for that season where Brandy came in as Denise Richards' secret possible lover. I think she was still trying to get back on. And she was obviously um, thinking that she needed to jump back in. But I think Brandy realizes now that that wasn't going to happen because she was off her fucking... uh, off her mind out of her she was out of her mind and it's crazy to think that brandy has this much clarity now and we still see her being out of her mind it's like can you imagine where she was when she was in a bad place that's terrifying um they talk about their favorite moments on the show and uh vicky this made me laugh vicky's favorite memories are family-based and she said it's when she surprised michael at college Michael, I don't think that's Michael's favorite memory from the show. He was not thrilled. He hated that. Um, This is a part of the show where we got like a lot of flashbacks. I love flashbacks. I really, really enjoy it. And you know, one thing I realized is that Brandy says that she really did enjoy her time with LVP. and, And I realized, I think Lisa Vanderpump would have been so good on this show. Like, could you imagine if... They had gotten Lisa Vanderpump on here. I don't think she would have done it, obviously, because she's still part, very much part of Bravo because of Vanderpump rules. But getting Lisa Vanderpump on here would have been absolutely amazing, like instead of Taylor. Because I do think that there were some great moments. I mean, Taylor swinging her arm around and pointing her finger at Brandy and telling her to shut the fuck up was, was great. But Taylor's kind of a snooze. And... I do think it would have been really, really fun to see LVP, especially because her house is like a thousand times more fabulous than Dorinda's, but she's also like an old English woman. So maybe she would appreciate Dorinda's house. I don't know. There's this like thing going around right now, I think on Twitter of like getting all the matriarchs of Bravo in one house. And I think that it would be amazing to do um, an Ultimate Girls Trip cast where you have all these matriarchs, right? Like your, your LVPs, your... Um, uh, your uh, Karen Huger's, your uh, Caroline Manzo's, all these women, and then pairing them with like broken birds from all these shows. I mean, that would be that would be so good. Um, but instead, we're getting an Ultimate Girls Trip three cast with fucking Leah McSweeney and her dumbass bucket hat. So I'll talk about that cast later. Anyway. Um, Dorinda and Vicky, it's, it's overall the, the meal and the conversation at the meal is really nice. And Dorinda, um, feels really empowered by it. They all feel great after this little prayer that Phaedra does. And, um, Dorinda and Vicky sit aside and they seem to get to a good place and everybody's in a really, really nice place. They get back to the house and it's Christmas in September at Dorinda's. I love Christmas. I enjoy Bluestone Manor. I love the month of September. It's my favorite time of the year. But I dislike so much of how Dorinda has been acting that this entire setup feels deranged. Like it feels unhinged. It feels unwell. It feels uh, unsafe. Everyone seems to love it, but I don't know. Something about Christmas in September in the house of a person who has 
been going around basically yelling and making each one of their housemates cry. And something about that's psychotic, okay? Um, they all get really, really cute dressed. Uh, they get really dressed up. Everybody's outfits are really cute. And Brandy's talking about the dress she's wearing, which is apparently the dress she would have worn to the reunion that she was uh, told she could not attend because Denise Richards possibly had sent a cease and desist or something like that. Um, and we start getting into that whole situation with Brandy and Denise. And Tamara tells everyone that she spoke to Denise. Denise called her, and apparently they were friends for 10 years. And Denise had called Tamara to ask her how to deal with it. And at the time, Denise totally denied it. And now Vicky asked Tamara, did you believe Denise or Brandy at the time? <laughs> and Tamara says she believed Denise. But then she says she made a mistake and she met Brandy. And guys, this is why. This is why these women are great housewives okay is because they literally don't even listen to the words that come out of their mouths they don't even listen to themselves speak they love the sound of their voice says a person on a podcast with their own podcast but they don't listen to themselves speak okay and then the big bombshell here is that Tamara apparently was hit on by denise at BravoCon, and <laughs> We get a disclaimer because Peacock is watching their ass, okay? And it says apparently Denise's people have denied this. But Tamara says that she thinks that Denise had called her for advice about how to deal with the Brandy thing because she thinks that Brandy, she thinks she was worried that Tamara was going to say something because Denise also tried to have sex with Tamara. Here's the thing about the Denise Thing on Beverly Hills. It's gross. This whole thing is gross. It still feels gross. It's one thing for Brandy to talk about Denise, but and and her own relationship. But here's the thing, Brandy. You are not on that season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like, I don't understand why she doesn't get that she was used by a bunch of women who aren't really even her friends to drag another woman. Why? Because that woman said that you should stop cursing so much around my 16-year-old daughter and a couple of her friends. That was the only thing Denise did. And these women decided that they were going to have Brandy come on and basically one, like, slut shame her and also, like, out her and her sexuality. And it was fucking weird. And Brandy is still doing it. And it, all of this could be true. She could have hooked up with Denise. Tamara could have hooked up with Denise. Tamara could have been hit on by Denise, whatever. But the fact that Denise doesn't get to have a voice about any of this and everything she says is called lies, which it might be, it's kind of unfair. Like, the fucked up part in all of this is that Brandy was used by women who aren't even her friends. And Brandy still doesn't understand that. Instead, she's waving around her I fuck Denise Richards flag like it's some sort of like a trophy and it's bizarre. <sighs> anyway... They talk about who Brandy would hook up with, and essentially everybody wants to fuck Phaedra, Tamara, and Eva, okay? Everyone wants to have sex with them. Jill and Taylor are forgotten by all, and honestly, sometimes I forget that they're there. And this whole time, Vicky is just horrified because she's a high-key homophobe, okay? She's a homophobe. She is. But they do get her, they kind of bully her into admitting that if she had to have sex with a woman, it would be Brandy. And not just any woman. I guess it would be if there were only these women to pick from and the world was ending or something like that. And it's it's all fine, but like, 
as they're going to dinner, Brandy, she's already slurring. So Brandy is already drunk. Um, but she kind of forces Vicky to kiss her on the lips. And it's really weird. Is it now weird? I was so weirded out by that. Not because I care about two women kissing, but it was like, could you imagine if a man did that? If a man was drunk and like cornered a woman and was like, hey, just like kiss me on the lips. Like, just do it. Just kiss me on the lips. We wouldn't think that that was cute. We would think that that's weird. It's weird. It was bizarre. I did not like that. It was strange. Like, I can't stand Vicky because she's a homophobe, but I don't think it's okay for Brandy to be, like, cornering people to make their make them try to kiss her. It's so strange. Anyway, they head to dinner, and it's lovely. Dorinda is apparently not drinking because she's tired, and she's paranoid that everyone is watching her. Uh, yeah, you should be, because you've been acting like a crazy person. They're all just, uh, they're ta- talking at the table. Brandy is, like I said, already slurring. She's sloppy. They talk about who they were worried that they about getting along with. And obviously the elephant in the room is Taylor and Brandy. Obviously they were all worried about Brandy and Taylor says that she was, she was absolutely worried about Brandy and it obviously was true, but they start to talk and overall the conversation between Taylor and Brandy kind of sounds sincere, but mostly it's like watching two drunk girls at the bar who just met each other the first time confessing their love to each other, even though they'll be fighting later. It's like watching, and then especially because they make out later, Taylor and Brandy, it's very much watching two drunk girls at the club. That's what it was. It's like, I feel like I've seen this movie in Atlantic City, you know? Um, Brandy the entire time keeps saying that she's so lovable. She's so lovable. She's so likable. Everybody should love her. She's trying to like push herself on like Vicky too. And it's like, it's so weird because I think this is the same thing Dorinda does, right? Like I've said this before that I think Brandy and Dorinda understand each other. I think they tolerate each other and they tend to forgive each other because I think they see themselves in each other, right? Like that's the thing. Dorinda also says like, I'm so, I'm so lovable. I'm so nice. I I make it nice, you know, and I do so much for everyone and I'm so beloved, but also is like screaming at everyone. It's like the same way Brandy does these belligerent things and she says horrible things and she goes below the belt, but she's also like, I'm lovable because I'm fun. I don't think that it's... (laughs) I don't think her type of fun is like, not to age shame, but like her type of fun is really fun when you're like younger, but I don't understand how far you can get in life with this kind of fun. And it is kind of crazy to me that like we met Brandy's best friend, I think, right? It was like in during her season. So it was this woman who was like a former, she was like a, a recovering addict. And I'm just like not sure w- what is going on with her and why nobody seems to like reel her in. It's very much possible that Brandy is this person even when she's sober, but she's an exhausting human being. They're playing, um, you know, a white elephant. There's a snow machine. Taylor and Brandy are making out all of a sudden. There's lap dances and uh, Brandy's whole ass is out. But the whole time Vicky is saying that she's a professional businesswoman and she cannot do this. And I just want to tell Vicky that has nothing to do with you <laughs> you being a professional businesswoman. You've been on a reality TV show for like 10 years. Okay. That's okay. 
um, that you're getting a lap dance from a very skinny lady with no butt. Um, anyway, it ends on a great note. There's toast and tequila and all that. And it seems like everybody is hunky fucking dory. And then that is the end of episode six. And we go over to episode seven and, you know, everyone's giving their final feelings. Everyone's feeling good. They're doing confessionals from the Bluestone College for Wives on Pause. And everyone's playing nice. You know, Dorinda is really happy about the reset that she got from Phaedra's prayer at the winery. But, of course, then we get footage of Dorinda 10 hours later popping off at Brandy and being nasty. <sighs> Dorinda. Anyway, breakfast service is underway and Jill is making her banana muffin blobs again. Didn't we see her make these earlier? And I think the same thing happened last time. Um, But while she's making them, Brandy wakes up in her outfit from the night before and she's already drinking and she's got a really nasty hangover. Vicky and Tamara are in their room, you know, doing their dumb white lady antics where they don't understand how towel turbans work. And... (laughs) Phaedra comes in to help them. She does it wrong. It calls Vicky a potato head. She doesn't know how to. She doesn't know how to put the towel turban on her on Vicky's head. Which I was like, what the fuck? Like, how do you not know how to use that? But then she calls Vicky a potato head. So I was like, everything she, Phaedra does is forgiven from here on out. Uh, Jill burns her stupid muffins. <laughs> They're not stupid. I feel bad. She burns her muffins. She burns them again. I think this is the second time she's made them. She burns them again. We find out that the night before there was a pizza party after all the drinking and, uh, you know, the ladies are just eating breakfast and they're recapping the night before and they're talking about how Brandy basically tried to make out with everyone. And somehow this conversation goes to Dorinda talking about like when she has sex with people, she gets attached and then it leads to a foot fetish. And then we find out that Jill once had her toes sucked by a masseuse. (laughs) And my favorite part of this is it's so crazy because it's like Jill telling the story. And then she says that she came running out and she told Bobby that this happened. And Bobby said, well, did you tell them to stop? And she says, yes. And then he's like, okay, so then what's the problem? Which tells me that (laughs) Bobby Zaramie, may the Lord rest his beautiful soul in peace, okay, has definitely gotten more than just his toes sucked by a masseuse before. Okay, that is what that tells me. I'm just saying, as Jill says, I'm just saying. Uh, Brandy rolls in drunker than the night before, and you know she stinks. I've talked about her hair extensions before, okay? And she's, I, I don't know how you don't see a ratted up Barbie doll when you look at her, but you know she probably stinks. Everybody's like, yeah, you should probably go and shower because uh, they're all getting ready to go canoeing, which is Jill's activity. Um, and while they're all getting ready, again, Brandy goes to Taylor to clear the air. Let's clear the air. I'm so glad we cleared the air. And Brandy's like, you know, she resolves problems with everyone she knows. Anyone she's ever had problems with, she's resolved problems, resolved with them. I don't think that she's resolved any of her problems with Brand with uh, Lisa Vanderpump. I don't think so. I also feel like Brandy's one of those people that's so exhausting that you're like, I'm just going to forgive you so you leave me alone. That's the kind of person Brandy seems like to me. Like, I don't believe that any of these 
apologies or anything like in her mind she thinks that she's resolved all these issues with people but I don't think that people necessarily like her as a result I think they just tolerate her at a distance so that she leaves them alone I think that's the deal with Brandy and that's why I feel like she continues to be who she is because if she had real friends she had people who really cared about her they wouldn't let her continue to be this person she's not a she's not a likable person I, I don't know She's good for reality TV, but in real life, she's a disaster. Um, while this is all happening, Vicky gets a text that Steve's moving out and she's really upset. She's crying, but she doesn't want to talk about it because she doesn't want to be a, a downer in the group. And Tamara, you know Tamara has heard this shit before because she has no reaction. She's like, get your shit. Put on some sunglasses, bitch. We got to go. But Vicky's really sad. She's like, you know, it's just like, I don't know about my future. My future is undecided. And I know Vicky has always said this before. Like, I don't want to be alone. I'm a lover. I need to be with somebody, all this stuff. But for a woman who, like, calls herself a professional businesswoman, for a woman who has had so much success as a single person alone, the fact that Vicky still seeks her, like, she still measures herself as a human being based on a man. I mean, are we surprised? Obviously she does. She's like a a dumb fucking Republican who's probably misogynist and still lives by bizarre old school standards. But the fact that she's like, oh, my future is undecided. What what is your, ma'am, you're like, you're turning 60. And look, I'm not saying she needs to be single for the rest of her life, but like you have a future. What future? Honey, these are your twilight years. Like, you've made a ton of money. You're mega rich. You've got grandkids with your daughter and her weirdo husband. And you've got a son, Michael, who you once surprised in college. <laughs> but, like, you're fine. You're fine. What about your future is undecided because Steve Lodge moved out? What? Vicky, get a grip. Um, they do, they go to the campgrounds, they're canoeing, they're doing the canoes, there's a lot of dick jokes, the ladies are in the water, there's a lot of water antics, it's very cute, it's sweet. Um, they go to a beautiful garden lunch, and Jill wants to play a game and gives so much information that as I was typing the notes for the rules for the game, I was like, I don't need to write all this down, it's word association, that's all it is. Um, but they're doing all these things, and when they talk about Phaedra, in this game, word association game, they're always like, oh, she's so kind. And she says to us in confessionals that she's so lucky that she gets to have this like reset and like refreshing uh, group of girls who like get to see who she really is. And look, Phaedra is, she's definitely not kind. I mean, I, she, I'm very surprised by who Phaedra is on this show, but I also fully believe that Phaedra is putting on a character for the show. When she came on on Real Houses of Atlanta, she was a nose up in the air, foie gras eating, uh, you know, stuck up Southern Belle. That's who she was. And now she is this like kind of spiritual, zen, kind, sweet lady. And I don't think that the real Phaedra is either of those people. I think the real Phaedra is maybe a mix somewhere in the middle but we do get Phaedra's read to Kenya, which is iconic, but it's really mean. It's not kind. And then what she did to Candy is not kind. So is Phaedra enjoyable? Sure. But I'm also 
watching reality TV for this many years, I'm really aware of when people are not actually being genuine. I'm not sure when Phaedra is being genuine. Um, so that's my thoughts about Phaedra being kind. And then they say that Vicky is self-involved and Vicky takes that as a compliment. <laughs> and I appreciate that about her because she's taking it as a compliment, but she's also making it as a moment to like pity herself. Cause she's like, who else is going to take care of me? No one else is going to take care of me. Cause <laughs> she had just been crying about Steve Lodge moving out of her house in Mexico. And just, uh, Vicky, I, I, you know, everybody is, it's also funny that any of these women are talking about Vicky being self-involved when they themselves are extremely all self-involved. Like if they weren't, they wouldn't be on a reality TV show. <sighs> anyway, they're all getting ready and they're going to go out to dinner at a place called Shakers. And <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're going to Shakers and Dorinda's giving them a background of why they're called Shakers. And I'm surprised that neither Erica nor Danielle were mentioned during the story of Shakers. Like, what about them? Those ladies shook it at a place called Shakers. Why aren't they part of the history? Anyway, everyone is like, oh, Dorinda, you're such a great guide. You're a great tour guide. Everybody would love to travel with you. And Brandy says, yeah, just make sure you don't yell at them. And everybody laughs. But the tornado arrives because she is she was not in the mood to be joking about herself. And she starts to say something like, yeah, just make sure you don't make an ass out of yourself at someone else's house. And basically, Dorinda starts going in. She's gleeful. She's got that maniacal look in her eyes, the the crazy look in her face where she feels like she's being nasty, but she's not going to take it back. She's just losing her shit. And she basically shames Brandy for how she danced. And that's because Dorinda's a thin-skinned weirdo. Like, this is, again, this is not the person that is going to get unpaused, Dorinda. But... Brandy and Dorinda are, like I said, essentially the same person. It's just awkward as hell when Dorinda does it because she's also the host. And I think like later on, Vicky says that like, I would love to do this again, but just not at somebody's house because then it becomes a different type of show. Um, But it's super awkward and Brandy begins to cry. So Jill, Eva and Brandy and Fader take a long walk to the bathroom to deal with it. And Brandy, I'm sorry, Dorinda uses that time to talk shit about Brandy to Taylor, Tamara, and Vicky. And they're like, yeah, well, she's crying. And, of course, Dorinda does the same thing she did to Jill crying, same thing she did to Tamara crying, which is if she's crying, then I should be crying. And it's a mess. Like, Dorinda and Brandy both have very little self-awareness. I do think Brandy has some self-awareness. Like, Brandy at least admits that she is a mess and that she goes for the jugular and she can be a nasty person. Dorinda, on the other hand, thinks that she is nice and thinks that she only goes after people when she is provoked. But that's not true. Dorinda is very easily provoked about every little thing. I mean, so is Brandy, but Dorinda more so. Anyway, everyone comes back and no one really talks about it. They go to dinner and they go through a barn that smells like shit. It's so weird. It's bizarre. Um, They sit down to eat and Dorinda goes to the bathroom and everyone's checking on Brandy. And Brandy's like, I'm not barking up this crazy tree. It's fine. I love her. It is what it is. And Dorinda comes back very fast because she tells everyone that she's peed in the woods. And then she ignores Eva's questions about using hand sanitizer and immediately begins to eat. It was disgusting. It was like this lady who has all these like, we can't have food in the bedroom and we don't wear shoes in the house. You just pissed in the woods and then you started eating. Nasty. Okay. 
That's disgusting. <sighs> um, they go around the table and they're Dorinda's like doing a thing where she's being really nice to everyone and she's I it it's funny because like the goofy like boom 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 music is playing in the back so you know some like goofy ass shit is gonna go down like either something goofy is gonna go down or like Jill or Vicky are gonna start crying and they'll make a joke out of it which is kind of what happens right Jill is talking about like Dorinda and her have come a long way and Dorinda keeps saying yeah we've attended each other's funerals and while everyone's laughing, she's like, no, no. Like, you can tell Dorinda had that kind of crazy look in her eyes where if people had laughed a little bit longer, she would have lost her shit on them about Richard. You know that. Um, everyone's like, Eva's the voice of reason. Phaedra's an angel. They're surprised that they got so deep. Tamara's being really nice about Brandy because she was a person she was really apprehensive about. And of course, Brandy is receiving all this information as a possibility to make out with somebody. And Dorinda and Brandy make up and it's fine. It's lovely. And uh, then we go to church, guys. We take it to church, okay? It's a sister act happening over here. Um, Phaedra gives everybody prayer books <laughs> from the winery and Bibles. And there's a bishop. Bishop Walker comes and they're singing worship songs and there's hugs and tears. And honestly, it's great. It sounds great. Like, I'm not Christian, but I love I love anytime a song takes a church. I love to hear gospel music. I love all that stuff. It makes me very happy. Who isn't happy hearing that? I guess the only time you wouldn't be happy hearing that is if you have negative feelings about churches like that. But because of your own trauma or something, you know, so that I understand. But it's a, it's a, it's so joyful. It's great. Um, and then it's the final morning. And then again, for reasons unknown, Marco gets an entire sign-off. What is this man's role? I don't understand. Dorinda eats an entire pizza pie in her bed, and it's the only time she's been likable for me this entire show. It's this and her yelling about at Vicky about vaccinations. The only two times I like Dorinda, okay? There's a lot of packing. Everyone's packing. There's lots of hugs and kisses. We're all going to be friends. We're all going to keep in touch. And Dorinda sends them all off and sees them off, and it became very the way Marco ended the show and the way that Dorinda said goodbye, it very much felt like to me that they really did set this up for Dorinda to feel like she was getting her own television show. And that is not what she got. That is not what happened. Um, but it was very enjoyable. I did really, I, I liked it. I liked it in different ways than um, Girl Strip season one. Uh, Girl Strip season one was just exciting because we had never seen anything like that before. But this was really good because it was jam-packed every single episode. And like I said, we never got a preview. We never got, like, trailer next time. We never got any of that. We never got to be continued. We were ready to continue along with them no matter what. And now this Girl Strip season three cast that I'm seeing with Heather and what's her face with the stripper pole. God, I don't even remember her name. First of all, I don't think it's fair that, like, any show that's only had two seasons gets to go on a trip like this. I just think it's weird. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Why not two ladies from New Jersey? Why not that? How about that? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. But it is Heather and Whitney from Salt Lake City, um, Marisol and... Uh, Alexia from Miami, uh, Giselle and Candace from Potomac. 
Portia from Atlanta and Leah McSweeney. Apparently it was supposed to be Leah and Tinsley, but Tinsley backed out probably because she was like, why am I on this show with uh, these ladies who are friends with the felon from fucking Salt Lake City? (laughs) That's probably why. But I mean, I'm glad Portia's there, but I, I saw the picture and I immediately got overwhelmed. When I looked at the picture, it looked like Giselle, Alexia, and Candace were on vacation and there were a bunch of fans taking pictures with them. Oh, and Portia. Um, Giselle, Alexia, Portia, and Candace are on vacation and the rest of them are fans taking pictures with them. That's what it felt like. But I mean, I'm still going to watch it. Okay, I'm going to watch this shit out of it. But now I feel like when is it even going to be on? Because Ultimate Girl Trip Season 1, I think, was filmed like in the beginning of the summer uh last year and then this was filmed in september ultimate girl trip season one was aired around like november time this is now summer so i guess maybe we'll get it again in november i don't know do you think they could be wrapped up by then probably yeah i guess it's possible uh i just hope that candace gives it to them okay i hope she gives it to them that's what i hope um, that's it for this episode. Like I said, I'll be back on Saturday to talk about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Dubai, and there's a lot to talk about there. And uh, thank you so much from list from listening. Jesus Christ, thank you so much for listening, and y'all be well. I will talk to you later. Bye. The reality is, is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Kelly Payfer. I may be from down under, but don't ever underestimate me. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a model but I'll never be your model minority. Becca Simon. It gets icy where I'm from, so you know I'll bring the heat. Jill Hirsch. Your petty drama can't take this warrior down. Jamie Allrunner. Where I come from, we're known for our great lakes, but I'm just known for my great ass. Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jib, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Maria M. Where I'm from, they sing God Save the Queen, so I guess you can call me a god. Jill Walsh. I made it up this hill myself, and I'll kick any jack off. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and they're not even on my payroll. John Friedman. Diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. Sarah Watkins Bilstein. Playtime is over. This mama means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist pumping, this Jersey girl brings the party. Amanda Agosti. Everything is bigger in Texas and my heart is no exception. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can ever take you down. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets. 
and I get it on. A date at Idoko. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but I'm actually just smoking. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back and also my unsolicited opinion. Adil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Trinity Subramania. I have four degrees and eight syllables and zero fucks to give. Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shame. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. Brianna Tony. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. And lastly, Tanisha. While others are turning tables, I'm dancing on them.